Welcome back everybody to this final episode before the event. Can you believe that Escape in the Park is only four days away and by God are we all looking forward to it. The site is being built, the last bits and details are being taken care of but hopefully most importantly you have all got your tickets and are looking forward to this safe friendly but amazing festival that these guys have been working so hard to put on for you this year. Now it is the last episode, so we have got a brilliant interview for you. We have the Queen of Hard House, Lisa Lashes herself, spending a little bit of time with us talking about everything from the early years all the way through to what she's been doing now and including her very successful music academy. So I won't keep you too much longer on this one today, guys. I'll let you get into the interview, but really looking forward to seeing you all down there. I'll be there live as well, so please do come and find us. We'll be asking a lot of the DJs the questions that you want to know live on site, so make sure you come and find us on the day. So please remember, if you or your friends haven't got your tickets yet, make sure you grab them because we are down to the last couple of hundred tickets. Also as well, we have the after party. So please look at escapefestival.co.uk for details of that. The first release of the after party tickets have sold out. So it is going to be a very popular event. So if you want the chance to see Chase and Status, Lisa Lashes, Fergie, Eddie Hallowell, Andy C or Judge Jules or Jack Jones, to name but a few, Get your tickets now. Uh, but for now, this is me, Tim Dennis, handing you over to me, Tim Dennis, interviewing Lisa Lashes. Perfect. So, okay, we are but a matter of a couple of weeks away from Escape in the Park. Guys, I have saved the best till last. We have the Queen of Hard House here joining us, Lisa Lashes, for a very, very brief interview uh, to talk about everything to do with music and especially uh, looking forward to Escape in a couple of weeks. So, Lisa, lovely to have you on here. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm really well. Thank you for having me on here to have a little chin wag. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. A little bit of a catch up. Been a, a long time coming. So uh, how is it like before we start being back out? performing again is it oh is it everything you missed is it everything you expected and more tell me about it yeah I mean it was beforehand I was um I think the last time I played out was December the 26th uh, 2019 just mm. and then we got locked down sort of like in March but uh, before that I was trying to be I was being a bit more chilled anyway with uh, the playing out because I have um, a music school music <laughs> and um so I was kind of like taken away a little bit from doing um you know just Go around the world a million miles an hour, really. I thought yeah. I'm going to be 50 in this year. I was already 50 this year. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, I didn't want to go uh, doing the hedonistic like lifestyle anymore. Mm. You know, I've got a diabetic. I'm diabetic. Type one diabetic now as well since 2018. So I kind of had a little bit of a different kind of pathway just yeah. before um, lockdown. But um, but then coming out of lockdown, I absolutely want to play out that's my that's yeah. what I want to do going through brought all my vinyl out from the garage found you know cleaned it all pretty much um found all the writing that you write on there do you remember might make the kick happen <laughs> <laughs> you find on there little other things hey. that you uh, find on there so I've been cleaning all that out and the music is amazing like we were just talking about the music from years ago mm. and um, you know what was made 20 25 years ago is still it still absolutely stands up now 
Like, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And like, like we were saying, isn't it? It's amazing that music that we never thought in our wildest dreams would kind of transcend um, generations. And like we said, we've got people listening to this music now, and hopefully, people that will be at escape with us that uh, were born when born after that we were were listening to these kind of classics now, as we would put them. Um, but it, as I said, I think a lot of DJs have felt the same, haven't they? That they've had the time to, to take stock, but also as well to to kind of not necessarily reinvent themselves but falling in love with kind of certain aspects of music again like I spoke to Fergie um and he'd had a kind of time over in America to take a bit of a step back um uh, yourself and Judge Jaws the likes of that have had very successful live streams uh which have kind of brought you uh to a, to a new crowd and also as well it gave a lot of people like you said there's we can't all go around I've recently just turned 40 we can't all go around leading this kind of hedonistic lifestyle uh living kind of 100 miles per hour so you do need to slow down but I think during lockdown, it was nice for some of the, the, the older ravers, shall we say, to have that ability to, to be able to kind of just get up and dance in their living room, not have to worry about going to clubs because, yeah, it's it, the, the, the mood changes, but everyone's kind of tried to recreate that kind of late 90s kind of rave feel in their own living rooms. It was all very much like that, wasn't it? Like the smiley culture back out and people mm. just playing what they want to play and you know, the main one for me would be Carl Cox kind of doing his cabin fever, like yeah. every week. It just, do you know what I mean? I don't know how many kind of series that he did, mm. but um, yeah, I mean, he kept up the the morale, I suppose, of like the dance music scene. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, don't do yourself, show. I think, what was it, 100,000 viewers that you had mm-hmm. on your live streams that's as well? So yeah, that's that's not that's not bad, that one. So yeah, don't, don't sell yourself short on that. But it's it's been a long road to, to here as well. Um, so as you said, you uh, you recently had a, a big milestone birthday. Um, so who would have thought kind of 50 years ago um, that just starting out in Nuneaton that you would be where you are today? Um, I've got a little bit of a section that we'll go on to later on, which I, uh, I'm quite proud of it. And I call it uh, M&S to S&M, uh, just with your renowned costumes and things like that. So we'll uh, talk about that little little bit of transition but just tell me about growing up in uh, in Nuneaton and that it was you had a little bit of a different start uh, to life to, to, to many so what was it like for you? What did I do? So I'm, I was born in Coventry I was there I went to school in Coventry President Kennedy School till I was um, uh, 16 then I moved straight over to Nuneaton in fact um, um, one of my boyfriends from when I was four until I was 11 was Doc Scott who is now like the drum and bass wow. yeah, so he was um, that was quite interesting when I when I was yeah. one time and I, and he didn't obviously associate me with being <laughs> Rose but he used to hold hands with it like <laughs> he went up to him like hi do you remember me like that Lisa Rose he was like no way do you know what I mean just associate these slashes with Lisa Rose yeah. remember years ago you know when he used to come in and uh, you know the run DMC stuff in the assembly but mm. all used to have his little um, lilo and come and do some spinning on the floor we go mad about me saying this. <laughs> then you know, and then he's the coolest artist in the world now with Goldie mm. and metalheads and stuff. So you know that, that was kind of like my upbringing was yeah in Coventry. Then I moved to Dayton and Eton. Went straight into a YTS, which is a youth training scheme. I think it was on like nineteen pound fifty a week. Still had change. Mm. You know, like go to the pub every night. Like oh, absolutely. Like the bus into into M and and you know still eat and pay eight pound board and stuff. Instead, I've money left over. Nineteen pounds. <laughs> it's I don't know how it happened. 
still bottle of 2020 Kiwi on a Sunday. <laughs> oh, that, that's how it happened. You blacked out for five days five, like, drinking five, that five, stuff. Five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I survived it that year. I survived it this year. Yeah. <laughs> like that. But, um, but yeah, so I went into MS and um, I was there for eight and a half years, worked my way up into mm. my managerial kind of thing. Um, yeah, I was the fastest yogurt stacker ever. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Girl got skills. And then it wasn't until I started playing um, for some, some Sundays, and it was like I was going into work on a Monday at Marks and Spencer, thinking probably not the one. <laughs> That's why you were the fastest yoga stacker going into a kind of Monday like that. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I mean, and then as soon as I started, kind of like my money was overtaking what I was earning, kind of like in a week, like mm. in an hour, kind of thing, in a or play for matters for 50p pieces most of the time. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I owe you a 50p, yeah. <laughs> Hail the matters. But um, but yeah, I mean that's that's where it all started for me was um um just Birmingham going yeah. uh, playing so, Birmingham. Growing growing up in Birmingham, who were your musical influences? Kind of obviously the as we said, the dance scene kind of came around about kind of mid-90s, kind of stuff like that. But growing up outside of that, what were your kind of musical influences? Well, obviously, I liked the Madonna and the Kylies and stuff like that. But um, but I did I did actually like a lot of dance music as well because mm -hmm. uh, I lived in a house with um, with my friends who were all into um, they were all like mods and stuff or okay, yeah. into um, you know the, the big raves and stuff at the mm -hmm. um, at the Brighton Piers and whatever. So uh, I never went there actually. I was quite a good girl, but. Um, um, so they were kind of into that. So I, I kind of like tagged on to their kind of musical stars and stuff. But I was into yeah. kind of drum and bass and tipper and uh, Ronnie Size and stuff and, you know, all, all sorts of different things really. But the one pinnacle moment for me when I was like, this is where I, this is where it is, was um, going to, uh, I think it was 97, 96, 97, going to Mini Pennies with my friend. My friend's like, I found this club. Yeah. Amazing. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, well, whatever. We used to go to the Ritzy or the Peak Power in Coventry, do you know what I mean? Yeah. These uh, chintzy little kind of clubs and stuff. And I walked in there and it was just the feel and the frequency and the atmosphere. Mm. And I was like, oh, actually took my breath away. Yeah, like, exactly. Where everybody is. Yeah. And I, went, and I was consistently there every single weekend. Everything Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's it's exactly the same for me with uh, walking into Pulse for the first time, walking in there and literally just you walking down the steps, feeling the vibrations. How it like, and as soon as I walked in there, it's I was I'm home. This is this is home. Um, That's our church, though. At the end of the day, that is where hmm. we we have those frequencies. Those people who come into those places like that are the same frequencies. It's there, yeah. there on our brainwaves, and and it totally makes sense. That is our church of worship, really. Absolutely, absolutely. And as you said, it started out for you kind of uh, 96, 97 um, in Birmingham. Um, how, what first got you into DJing? Because like you said there, you had kind of a good mix of um, uh, artists that you followed, but and you said you had obviously people that you lived with that followed different music types. But what was the first, what was the first time you stood behind some decks and thought, you know, I can give this a go? Um, well, it was quite, it happened quite quickly for me. One, because of uh, the year was uh, like the Spice Girls were number one uh -huh. in the charts. They were like really good power, you know, that kind of thing. So it was very kind of like on trend for uh, promoters to want a female DJ there. A lot of the times it would, they didn't really care whether we could play or not. And it was good. Yeah. Or good. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it was because they, they just wanted that kind of impact because there wasn't hardly any money mm -hmm. amount really. Um, I mean, the first person that I saw was like Lisa Loud. 
um, at Mini Pennies, and that's when I kind of like looked over and thought, I totally want to be doing what <laughs> I didn't want to do it. I just want, I love music. Yeah. Just the way it felt and just the mm. way you see it and you know that kind of thing so um but the first time I really went on the decks was um uh, from the first time I went on which is my one of my friend best friends at uh, decks because he couldn't his mum and dad said you've got to get rid of those they're too loud whatever so he brought them into my dining room so um, yeah. I wasn't really allowed to play them but um I used to go on there polish them put them little cup of tunes on when they weren't <laughs> watching one of the I used to actually go for Marks and Spencers in my uniform go yeah. home have some lunch and then go on the decks um until I was caught one time and then uh, all the boys started handing me one after the other vinyl kind of thing and I just could mix it in it was yeah. like it. do you know what I mean it was like the first track that I did which was Susie Carr all over me like I could mix it in one to the other one to the other one to the other uh, yeah, so, so you know for me I never think that I just think mm. that I'm so lucky that I, uh, you know other people can probably do that people say that uh, you know is more than that but for me it just like feels that I'm just was in the right time the right place I was actually at the River uh, Avon in Stratford. Um, my friend's birthday it was. He asked me if I wanted to play on the on the boat. Yeah. Um, and I'd only been playing sort of like six or seven weeks at home, just like messing around. And I went and took my tracks down, and there was Madness there in um, there. There you go. Yeah. So it's a joy of work in his voice. Oi, gashes. Yeah, so he was opening Sunday Central, so I was doing yeah. flyers and stuff like that. Me, me and Nick oh, Randall, wow. uh, perfect promotions, my friend uh, Victoria. So we were doing going around with all the fly packs and stuff, like um, oh, Birmingham, yeah. Leicester, and stuff. So that's how it all was, wasn't it? The outreach. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get your flyer packs and stuff like that when you come out, and then you plan your next month's kind of uh rave calendar and things like that it was outfit. yeah and then you outfit absolutely then you go home as well take the flyers and then make sure they all went up on the wall and everything like that as well and then yeah, yeah. it was yeah they were great times again and it was and again it's totally different to, to to where we are now but like you said you you started off in birmingham and it was and but it's i think you're yeah it, there's validity in what you said about you need to be in the right place at the right time but also as well you need to make the most of that opportunity Absolutely. so there was probably a uh, hundred other Lisa Lashes out there trying to make it at that time uh, the same experience but you need to have something a little bit extra to, to kind of explode onto the scene that exactly that's what you need exactly exactly yeah then the spikes on the neck well it was and it was it was the, it was synonymous of the scene wasn't it it was uh it was the, the outfit scene in the DJ uh, booth um, and the states in the DJ booth were also as well, the states out on the dance floor as well. Um, and it was like you said, everyone was on the same frequency. Um, but from Birmingham, you went on to play some pretty spectacular venues uh, across the globe. Uh, you've been down to uh, my local haunt, Brunel Rooms in Swindon, many a time. Uh, so, revolving bar, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, but what are some of the highlights of the, the places that you've played? I know that you've obviously gone over to playing like China and kind of broke down so many boundaries. DJ. But Yeah, I was the first DJ lady in China. That was pretty cool. Mm. And I quite like the way that I got introduced um, because it was like, we have on stage, we saw rushes. I love them. But um, yeah, I mean, that, that, was, that was interesting. So that was like 25 years mm. ago. Really yeah. Carling, Absolutely. Yeah. 49 different countries have played in. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we actually managed to dig out, and you won't Ooh. believe it, a flyer oh, from last in 2003 from Ibiza. Oh, amazing. Look at that. Yeah. So, oh. J 
Just to give you a little bit of information, the, the viewers on the back here, uh, we've got a, a flyer here from when uh, Lisa hosted the very successful last, last series um, uh, uh, Eden. So we've got one here from September the 10th, 2003. Um, so yeah, literally pretty much on the dot of uh, where we're recording this as well. So hosting the 13th Lash Party, Extreme Euphoria, who have sold over 300,000 albums mixed by Lisa Lashes over the last three years, plus Ed Real and Resident DJ. Hosting Lash exclusively for the summer of 2003 will be the world's premier female DJ, ranked 18th in the top 100. 18th? Travesty. You broke into the top 10, so that, that's all that matters, isn't it? Um, but yeah, it was one of those weird, really weird ones that when we were due to speak last week, uh, it uh, fell out of a flyer pack uh, of my producers. So yeah, there must be uh, someone looking over us on that one. But yeah, it just shows that the world moves in mysterious ways. Yeah. But like you said, 47, what's 49 countries? 49 countries, yeah. Um, and... It's quite funny, but and, and the thing that what which is happening now, which is kind of crazy, is uh, so my music school works with um, the um, violence reduction unit in uh, for, for the West Midlands and Thames Valley Police. Um, so we work with the Department of Education, Ofsted, and stuff like that as well for um, our education side. And to be honest, most of the people have been to a club that I've played at from like the mem like members of Parliament, like. Chief of Police and blah, 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 I remember. One of them, uh, the, um, what's the name, Anna, from um, Westminster, uh, Department of Education, she actually met her husband when she played. When oh, I think. wow. There we go. They didn't give me the offset, though. Never played again for you. It's weird isn't it, how music can just, like, just be attached to so many exactly. different styles, you know, for people whoever you know whichever walks of life absolutely absolutely and i would think as well most people of a certain age would would know if they haven't seen you play would know of you by name as well with all, all the other activities that you've done um but like you mentioned there as well you've got the, the the music academy um so a slight change of kind of pace but it's also as well like you said once you've got that, that music in your blood um you want to kind of keep helping others to develop that talent and like you said before lockdown you took a little bit of a step back was it mainly to focus on the, the music school yeah no totally to, uh, on the music school because i just know how powerful um you know music and education is so i wrote the curriculum to be like 18 months or so um and just embedded everything maths and english all your functional skills into uh music and creative um mm. i don't you know because as long as you make it relevant to people, it's like it. You know, we don't want Maureen with the six eggs going to in, uh, uh, Edinburgh on a train like this. You want you want so and so to be going. You know, Callum and blah 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 to be going to part life, and you've got a discount there and blah blah blah. You know, people make it more relevant. Absolutely, that kind of way, and they learn better, like, like that kind of thing. And also, we knew that the music brought down barriers from like we work as an intervention for gangs and um uh, we're alternative, alternative profession as well so mm -hmm. we like to ca catch them before they get into the gangs and get into sort of like different pathways that they shouldn't be mm. um so you know so we work with county lines and uh, all the police and stuff like that as well so but we noticed that you put them into an environment where it's really interesting creative uh, musics uh, surrounded there um, and put them into a room, start writing some lyrics. You're then starting to get there, you know, if they are a bit naughty or the uh, vulnerable adults, whatever, you start seeing that in their, what they're writing in their lessons, you know, mm. for their raps. And, yeah. so, and because we've got like MC Wizkid 
uh, um, MC uh, Champagne Bubbly and people like that coming in uh, who were the teachers and tutors. I mean, we had Anne Savage, tutor, we have BK, we have, you know, Rob Tessera, myself, all, all tutors. So you're actually learning from us who are, you know, been 25 years or so doing that. And they really warm to us. Like, yeah. And it's cool, you know, they can't go, what do you know? Well, actually, I was at fucking Australia the weekend. That's what I know. <laughs> do you know exactly, what I mean? Yeah, exactly <laughs> that, isn't it? It's, you know, it yeah. <laughs> how dare you? Let me sit you down, young boy, and tell you about how I, why I'm here. I'm taller than you. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, it, it must be really rewarding. So you've got is it? How many venues have you got now for the music academy? So well, we're online at the moment. So we did have two major ones, but um, are online are working with the police now. So uh, we're in Coventry for the City of Culture as well. Nice. Um, but we basically go into nightclubs because uh, the my theory was Monday to Friday the nightclubs aren't open, so they do absolutely nothing. Well, why don't you put scores in there? So the equipment's already there. You've mm. got everything that you need. You go in there, put a glitter ball on, and everyone's in a really good frame of mind. Do you know what I mean? Uh, that you know use use the clubs for what they need to be that's definitely that. definitely and like, like you said monday to friday they're, they're sat dormant um i know that the people at escape records as well have a music academy um that they're just starting off as well um and uh some of the djs will be playing at the festival um along with uh the guys from logic uh they also as well have a uh music academy based in their club as well so yeah it's something as well like you said it's getting kids off of the street it's it's everyone i wish i mean if, if i would have had that sort of thing when i was a kid um instead of kicking a ball against the wall and stuff like that it would have yeah it's who knows what would have been um i could have been i could have been the one being interviewed on the podcast rather than doing the podcast myself so who, who knows <laughs> so I, I had much more fun on the other side of the decks anyway and believe me i wouldn't have even probably been able to have like recognize the vinyl um to uh, to mix them together so i waited until you would have but going into escape now um obviously it's the festival itself has been a long time coming uh it has taken uh, a, a good couple of years for the guys to actually finally put this magical event on but what are your memories of escape uh down in swansea back in the day because again it was a close uh club to my heart as well but it was a, uh, a fantastic experience in there, um, uh, as I'm sure you agree. Have you got any particular memories of playing in Escape or down in South Wales? Uh, well, uh, so many, because I, <laughs> I started playing there for, like, especially in Cardiff, I was doing uh, the Hippo Club, which is quite a, I mean, that, mm -hmm. that's closed down obviously now, but um, that's where I actually met Matthew Pritchard. He was lying on the floor. I thought he was dead. I was like, hello, are you actually alive or not? When I got him some water, best friend since. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you did. I yeah. like, um, so, uh, but I just, I just remember sort of like the Hippo Club, going down there. So I think I was a monthly resident there. Um, I played at Escape in the Park many times as well before. Mm. Um, and just like one of my favourite memories was like ballroom dancing with Howard Marks, you know, um, uh, Mr. Absolutely, Knight. yeah, Mr. Nice, yeah, absolutely. Incredibly amazing person who's obviously passed away now. But, um, Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got the the pleasure to see him a couple of times live, and uh, yeah, obviously, uh, like most people of our age have read his books, and uh, yeah, what a fascinating guy uh, he was, and uh, yeah, very intelligent guy as well. It's uh, but uh, yeah, to, to run an empire like that, I'm sure you uh, need to have your wits about you. So it's uh, it's. Yeah. It's going to be amazing down there. We really can't look forward to it. So I just want to run through a couple of DJs that are playing in the Logic Arena. Um, some faces in there that you, as you said, you uh, uh, have seen uh, more regularly than others. So yourself, obviously, um, we've got the likes of Fergie. So over from the States. 
I uh, love Fergie. So me and Fergie were residents at many places, especially uh, mm. Cold Kitchen. We did the polysexual on the Friday. So we did like this, the bit more of the harder kind of mm. uh, kind of stuff. I have some so many stories about Fergie. Yeah. And, <laughs> so, um, I mean, we were there when it very first started, the um, air in Birmingham. And uh, I remember screeding the floor, putting some like concrete on the floor because it wasn't even finished by then. I think Fergie was smoking a bag, probably kicking it on the floor or something. But, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I can always remember, yeah, Fergie with his uh, rather eccentric vest selection. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, again, that was a time, but yeah, we had a chat with him before and hopefully we're going to catch up with him on the day. Um, but yeah, he is. Well. He's going to play vinyl too, which is amazing. So absolutely, yeah. With all that, you know, with all the old school kind of vinyl coming out. Yeah, there. yeah. Oh, I mean, it's amazing. It's but... isn't it? Just the, just oh, like, amazing anthems. It's going to be oh, fun. absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was amazing to, to, like, just even like, like you said, the, the, even the, the crackle of the vinyl and things like that. It's just the, the little differences on every copy of it and things like that. It just everything. And also, well, you only knew how to play your vinyl. Uh, you knew where all the nuances were and things like that in the tracks. But you also as well mentioned uh, Nick Rafferty uh, playing vinyl yeah. as well. Love him to death. So he was my partner in crime. We were resident uh, with Paul Kershaw and Andy Farley. Um, Tony Gray at uh, Sunday Central. So, you know, we were, we, we, just him and I were always on the, um, the naughty train. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's probably quite a few people that were on that naughty train during those eras. But of course, it was the, the late, great Tony DeVee's birthday uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, and I know that, uh, especially uh, the two people that we've mentioned there, Fergie and Nick Rafferty, uh, will be. Uh, Obviously, raising uh, a glass, obviously non-alcoholic for Fergie yeah. now, but uh, yeah, it's a, a great miss to the the community and a real uh, yeah. trend setup, really, of just how uh, the nights can be set up and how, as well, it the, the music transcended actual culture as well. That it was okay to have that uh, kind of club with Sunday Central uh, and that movement that started there, um, and it was. What an amazing experience. And it's another one that was very much in that uh, setup was Anne Savage. Uh, Anne you, Savage. as you said, it. Yeah, we've done lots of tours together, me and Anne, like uh, Savagely Lash, like in Canada and America and Germany and stuff. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, we, we're, we're a little partner in crimes as well. So, uh, must yeah. be, uh, yeah, must be a very good circle of trust in, in amongst those people that were, were in that uh, early kind of stage uh, with that one. But you've also, as well, got uh, Andy Whitby. Uh, he's, he's, do you know what? His passion for music is massive. Like mm. I've seen, I've, I've been to his house and stuff like that. And he, you know, this kid gets up at like six in the morning till six in the evening. It's just full on music. How we can do that? How we can make his edits? How we can make things better? He's a really skilled DJ. He's really just skilled. an absolute kind of master of his trade, isn't he? Yeah. And just, he, you can tell with that, with the way it comes across in his music, that it is, he's one of those dedicated ones that it, 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 like you said, it's just not the, not the, it hasn't got natural flair, of course, but it's, one of the, you do get people like kind of Fergie that had a bit more of a kind of natural talent to it and things like that and was a little bit more uh, in his early days, a little bit more, um, what should we say, react, yeah, reactive rather than kind of planning and stuff like that to his sets. Um, whereas Andy, you can tell that it is kind of very well, very well planned. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, looking forward to seeing all of those guys. But what kind of set can we expect from you? Now, you know that you've kind of, uh, you've said that it's going to be vinyl, so I'm kind of fingers crossed with all the other DJs there that it's going to be a banging hard house or hard dance set. Are you going to, are you going to go that way or are you going to treat us to a good mix? No, I'm doing like proper hard house. I'm bringing out the original Juno Hoovers. 
Do you know what I'm oh, saying? Lovely. <laughs> That's what I'm going to see the little guy there stick out of the decks, loving life. <laughs> you know, I do like all the cacti stuff, obviously, a bit of the, you know, Tripoli and Tidy mm. and Lucius and whatever. Not so much that, but um, I've been going through and finding, I, I used to always play kind of the B sides anyway, but now mm-hmm. I'm the A sides, which I'm like, actually, they're really more relevant at the moment now. So I'm really enjoying like delving in. And just going through every single, you know, kind of in every track that I've got now. So um, absolutely love it. There's just not enough time in the in the day to listen to it all. But, oh god, yeah. See, I've been sat down and I have the pleasure of working from home, but just going through all the different old albums and pulling out tracks and things like that. And it's, it, it's just oh, it's... take you back on that dance floor, take you back to the end mm. over there, or take you back to that time, or yeah, or you know, country yeah. even, and you know, and. And everybody has those memories of those things as well. And Absolutely, yeah. In a whole club of people, and they're just there, elated, and, you know, all on the same vibe. Mm. Yeah. One thing that always worried me with that as well, though, is that I can sometimes never remember my own name, but I can remember the beat drop to about 10,000 tunes when I'm listening to them. 100%. Yeah. Or maybe that's why I can't remember my own name, is because (laughs) I can remember 10,000 beat drops and everything that goes with that. But... You mentioned before that took a little bit of hiatus just before lockdown and then a forced one with lockdown. What's what's the future hold for Felice Lashes now? Is she going to go back out on tour? Are you going to be looking at getting back out and doing a lot more shows or is it a what's this space? Absolutely loving the shows. I mean, I've booked up, uh, I've got uh, Storm, we've got obviously Swansea. I've just been Belfast last weekend, did the 90s Fest before that. Um, so yeah, bookings are coming in. So I'm, I'm kind of putting it to the bigger things mm. uh, uh, events because I don't want to do like help for leather again like sort of like 10 gigs a weekend I just don't want to but like this, yeah. you know yeah. and it's my choice as well and it, I think that that's quite a good thing to do um but yeah do some more of that do my music um do my music at school and also I have a new live stream broadcasting um platform that we've been working on ah. it's in production at the moment um so we've been working on for the last 18 months with a lot of very high profile people. So there'll be something to watch this space with. Awesome. I said that, but you do have to, because it's <laughs> going to be CGI smash, live stream smash broadcasting and a platform for everybody to be able to use. Amazing. And I'm guessing that once that's announced, that'll be announced all over your social media platforms. Uh, everyone will be uh, fantastically excited to uh, to follow you on that one. Yes. Because like you said, mentioned there, when you were back in the, the heyday, uh, and you mentioned they're doing like kind of 10 gigs a weekend. It'd just be interesting. And I'm sure people uh, would just be interested to know people's stories of being outside. Uh, we've, we've been cooped up for the last kind of year and a half. But what was the most gigs you've ever played in kind of a, a weekend? What was your busiest weekend and or distance travelled in between gigs? Just some interesting stories from the road. I did 26 cities in one month. That was quite abroad, like, like that one after the other. I also did nine gigs in one weekend with that. Wow. And that was like Liverpool, Manchester, all the way down, like this kind of like back and forth, back and forth. But, but you know, I had a really good crew with me as well. So I didn't always bring the party. I think it was my girls and gays <laughs> that just bought the party as well. So I think if you've got that vibe in the DJ booth and whatever. So I, oh, you know, I can't take yeah. it for my career. I, I take. I give it to my friends as well because they were insane. <laughs> but that's the thing, is it? You need, out. Wait. <laughs> like, like you said, they need you need to have that good support network around you, and it's 
it's never been more important than uh, not even just with work, but with everything that's been going on, the ability to be able to talk to people. Um, and I know that you've been... Like 35 years ago for Boom Music, do you know what I mean? All these are my friends now. That's the only thing that worries me with like the lockdown and people not, and the clubs not surviving or the festivals and stuff is, where do those people meet their soulmates? Where do they meet their best friends? Where yeah. do they meet the person who they're going to, you know, be godfather, godmother or whatever to their kids and stuff, which is every one of mine people now is yeah. And that's well, I, slightly the music industry if things don't pick up. Well, I think it should do. I think hopefully now, uh, as I said, now that the festivals, but you see the day festivals even running later on into the year. Now you've got kind of day festivals going on in October, even I think I saw one for beginning of November. But have you DJed in any gigs indoors since the, the reopening at all? Or have you just... Uh, yes, did, um, I did the 90s Fest, which was at Magna in Sheffield at the end of August. So that was interesting. How, how was that? How did that feel? I know that obviously the festivals are a bit different, obviously being outdoors, but... Did it feel a bit fantastic? And then obviously I did um, I did Bournemouth not last week the weekend. Of course you did, yeah. Of course the Opera House, yeah, the tiny tiny week, yeah. Just that coming down like that. They're like turn the bass down. Just... Yeah, don't you leave? Yeah, do not touch that button. <laughs> no, they always used to tell me often like that. You killing the you killing the roof. We're gonna have to have a new roof if you keep turning the bass on them like that. Yeah, I can't hear you. We're just gonna keep turning it up. <laughs> And just the sparkles that come down, I think I liked it because of that, because all the roof used to sort of go through. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely amazing. That. I mean, it's probably not a good thing to have cementing people's eyes, but um, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it, look, it looked an absolutely amazing event and we're, we're so happy that, that the event is going on, as I said. Uh, Lisa, I think we uh, are pretty much out of time on that one. But again, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time out of your busy schedule. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed uh, uh, talking to the viewers. Uh, I'm sure they will all be thrilled to hear from you and hopefully we'll be able to catch up on the day as i said uh, escape in the park uh we're going to take the podcast live so fantastic news we'll give you some more information on that but yeah really great opportunity to uh, talk to you lisa uh, on behalf of myself and everyone escape we can't wait to see you in two weeks and uh yeah can't wait to to meet up with you thank you so much your time no problem my pleasure well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. So for me, Tim Dennis, it is uh, a fond goodbye to the build-up to Escape 2021. We look forward to coming back next year with a different format, some more great live shows for you, and looking forward to seeing you all at the festival. Stay safe, have a good week, and look forward to seeing you all in four days. Take care, guys. The world is cold and times are bad. Every time I think about it, it makes me sad. Drugs are everywhere And it's getting so hard to breathe in